It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome back to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson, minister at the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. I'd like to thank everyone for joining in, and hopefully the message this evening will be beneficial to all. If you want to contact me for any reason, who knows what that reason is? That's completely up to you. You can call or text me at 816-686-9517, 816-686-9517. That is in the central time zone. Or you can email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Maybe you got a, you, know, you want to hear a sermon on something, or maybe you got some critique about something or a question. Doesn't matter. Now, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, hey, just leave a uh, comment in the comment section. And I check those out as well. Either way, I hope you like the lesson. I hope it's beneficial to you. And if you find it to be so, the best way to amen the lesson is to give us a like and to share it. And I pray that you will be willing to do that. Okay, let's uh, go ahead and get into tonight's lesson. I want to start by asking everyone a question. If you had lived during the time of Moses, would you have crossed the sea? Now, you all remember the story of Moses leading the Israelites out of the Egyptian bondage and, of course, on their way to Mount Sinai to uh, uh, meet with God or at least hear the instructions, the Ten Commandments, and then, and then go to the promised land that was promised to Abraham. Now, they came to a body of water, uh, the Great Sea, the Red Sea. And, of course, Pharaoh had second thoughts about letting the people go, and he sent his his uh, chariots after them. He was going to bring his, have his soldiers bring them back. And they were backed up to the sea. And of course, nothing's looking very good, right? But Moses parted the water. And I, it, let me tell you, that's something to see. If you've ever looked at that sea, that's not a small body of water. But that uh, water was parted. And not only that, it was parted in such a way that the ground was dry. This was a miracle. Uh, God made a uh, a way for his people to lead bondage and, and to be free. And so the people obeyed Moses. They went down into the water and, and they crossed the sea on dry ground. Isn't that a story? Now, I don't know about you, but that seems kind of scary to me. If somebody had told me to walk down in the sea and I seen this mountains of water rising up on both sides of me, uh, that, that would be pretty terrifying. But they did it. They obeyed. And so the question becomes, and that's why I'm asking, would you have done the same if you had lived back then? Would I have done the same? That's what we're going to look at today. Because there comes a time we have to acknowledge that the Bible makes comparisons. The Bible in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 17 shows us a shadow of the ways of Christ uh, in the Old Testament, we can read about in the Old Testament how uh, something, it, it, it just looks eerily similar in some way to what we learn about under Christ. And the Bible makes a record of that, and there's a reason why they do that. Um, and I'm going to give you an example of one. In First Peter chapter 3, and, and, and if you look at verse 20 and 21, 
it starts making uh, and making reference to something that we read about in the Old Testament, Noah's ark. And it said uh, that uh, only eight persons in verse 20 were brought safely through water. And then uh, baptism, verse 21, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, what's interesting is how verse 20 talks about the ark. It says, in which, when it makes reference to the ark, the ark housed those eight people. And so it says, in which a few were brought safely through the water. That's how they were saved. That ark saved them from drowning in the water. They had to be in the ark. If they weren't in the ark, they wouldn't be saved. So now he says in verse 21, baptism corresponds to this. It saves you. And then, of course, he's talking about Jesus Christ. And so we're going to show, we're going to show how this is one of those type, anti-type. Type being uh, the shadow that we read about in the Old Testament. And then the anti-type is the, the fulfillment or the, the reality of the shadow that we saw before. For instance, you're walking around the corner and you see a shadow of somebody. Now, you really don't know who that might be. But when you get around the corner, you see who cast that shadow and you know exactly who that person is. If you know, you know, if you recognize that person, but you, you, you see all the particular details of them. And that's exactly what the new Testament does. It reveals the shadow that we see in the old Testament. And what's really interesting in this, and this is what we're going to show is that just like the type showed that those eight people had to be in the ark to be saved, we're going to find out as we go through the lesson that we have to be in Christ in order to be saved. And that mechanism to get into Christ is baptism. So we're going to be looking at that a little bit more as we go through the lesson. But needless to say, I want to emphasize what we're trying to answer is what I across the sea. Now in Exodus chapter 14, verse 21 through 22, this is the text of our lesson. It says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night, made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Boy, think of the sight that was. That must have been something to you to behold. But uh, they did it. They did cross that land or that water. So we have to make sure we have to examine to see if we would exhibit that same kind of faith. That's the purpose of this lesson. Would we have done the same? So the first point I want to address, and I want to compare when we're looking at the, the type anti-type to this situation, is Israel heard the word of God. Now, if you remember, Moses received God's instructions before the burning bush. He had to take his sandals off because he was on holy ground. And uh, the Lord gave him instructions on what to tell Israel. So when he got there, this is what the Lord told Moses to say in Exodus 6, 6 through 9. He says, say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of Egypt, the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with great acts of judgment, and I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Who has brought you up out from under the burdens of the Egyptians? I will bring you into a land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. 
and I will give it to you for possession. I am the Lord. And Moses spoke, spoke thus to the people of Israel. They heard the word of God. And that's important because we know we're supposed to hear the word of God too. But they did hear the word. Now, did they act on it the first time they heard it? Well, like many people, no, they didn't. It says they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. Many times we are so encumbered with the burdens of sin because Christians, uh, non-Christians, you know, they're, they're trapped under bondage to sin because without Jesus Christ in their life, that's, they're under that trap. Death is going to be the outcome. And people have a tendency to get used to whatever circumstances they may be in. Now, the Israelites, when they heard Moses speaking, you got to remember, Egypt was the only home they knew. These people didn't know anything else. Slavery was the only thing they knew. And so while they had heard the promises about, you know, given to Abraham, those were just words. But to think of it coming to fruition, that might have been hard for them to grasp. And they had a broken spirit, you know, and that's understandable. It's like the frog that gets into the, the water and then the water starts boiling and the frog doesn't even know the water's boiling until it dies. Well, that's what sin can do to us. And many times with many people, they don't realize that they are the frog that's in the boiling water because they're just used to it. They're used over and over again. They're, they're receiving this harsh treatment, but they get used to it. That's what sin is. And so people, you know, if you're like me, I hate change. And a lot of people don't like change. You know, they want things to go their way, but they want they wanted it to take place right there in Egypt. They didn't want to leave to go anywhere. That was their home. So needless to say, that's uh, they didn't listen to Moses, even though at first they heard the word of God. Now, many times we preach the truth today, like in the parable of the sower, we find out many people don't listen originally when the seed is planted. And some people turn it down, according to 2 Thessalonians 2.10, because they didn't love the truth. If they had loved the truth, then they would have obeyed and been saved. Well, many times people don't do what's good for them. Why? Because they think they know what they want to hear. They have itching ears. They have their own version of what they want the truth to be instead of accepting what the truth is. And so they have to be shown that they have to love the truth. That's why so many people get baptized after, long time after they've heard the truth, because it, it takes them a while to get an appreciation for what the truth is. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 18, verse 18 and 19, many times you've heard me talk about those who are not in Christ as being in under bondage to sin. They're slaves to sin. And, and this verse describes that. John says, we know that everyone who's been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That's being in bondage. You're in power to the evil one. And so a lot of times, though, when people hear the truth, they see that they're going to have to quit sinning. They don't like that idea. And it takes them a while for them to come around. It took a while for the Israelites, as we're going to see, for them to come around. And what brought them around was they saw the power of God. They saw all those plagues that were cast upon uh, the Egyptians. I want to jump ahead. When uh, Moses and Aaron told the people they were going to leave, this is 
um, after they'd seen, I believe, all the uh, plagues, maybe except the Passover, it says the people of Israel went and did so as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. I can't remember. That might have been after the Passover. Uh, but they saw at least nine of the plagues. And so they had seen the power of God. Now they believed. They were ready to obey because they they knew that God was behind the instructions of Moses and Aaron. And so they were ready to set their mind, their hearts out in following God wherever he led them. Now, in order for that to happen, you know, what's what took place? Because they refused before. Now they're ready to say that they're ready to obey. Why? Why? What happened? Well, they saw God's power. In 1 Corinthians 6.14, Paul said, God raised the Lord and will also raise us by what? His power. And so when look at the Ethiopian eunuch. That's a good one. Philip joined the eunuch in Acts chapter 8, and he started right there talking about Jesus Christ from the book of Isaiah, because that's where the eunuch was studying from. He teached him Jesus Christ. And what did he tell him? He talked about God's power in raising Christ from the dead. And it was his power that brought about that change in the Ethiopian eunuch. And so that's what people today, have, when we're talking about type and anti-type, we're talking about the same thing. The thing that convinced the Israelites was seeing God's power. The thing that's going to convince people today is seeing the power of God. Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, it's God's word is what's going to cause people to believe. Now, like I said, they may reject it first, but with more teaching, more study, then they can come to learn more about God by witnessing his power through his word. And that word is what's going to convert them. The same way it was able to convert the Israelites into obeying Moses and Aaron. Now, thirdly, we have to understand Israel believed. Uh, they saw God's power and they were ready to believe. And we can tell that because they obeyed. They followed through obeying the uh, orders of uh, Moses. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 37 through 38, we see how they left Egypt. It said the people of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 men on foot, besides women and children. Uh, a mixed multitude also went up with them, and very much livestock, both flocks and with herds. But there's no telling how many people were there. 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. Let's say there was as many women as there was men. That takes you to 12, uh, 1,200,000. And then uh, the children, let's say there's two per family. That doubles that. So, you know, they, it adds up pretty quick. That is a logistics nightmare, counting all the livestock and everything else. But they were ready to go. Can you imagine joining yourself to a caravan like that? Uh, that's, that's how well they had become convinced and ready to obey uh, because of the power of God. You know, they heard God's word, but then they saw his power. And people today who are converted, they, they hear the word, and then they hear, the, they see the power of God in his word when it comes to understanding. And that's very important. James chapter 2, verse 21 through 23, talking about Abraham said, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? 
You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. The scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, as he was called a friend of God. Now, it wasn't enough for Abraham to hear God's instructions. That didn't justify him. What justified him was when he obeyed God's instructions. So the word of God has to be able to move us to obey. That's what's important because that's where justification comes from. And that's what, uh, that's what uh, Abraham did. That's how he was justified is when he obeyed. Faith was completed by his works. And uh, Abraham was justified by works. And so we're going to have to obey in order to be able to be saved the same way the Israelites were saved when they crossed the sea. If you want to be saved from the bondage of sin, then you're going to have to obey. But first you got to hear, and then you're going to have to see God's power, and then you're going to obey because it's God's power, that word of God, that's what's going to convince you. You're looking at the evidence that's contained in the Bible that shows that God is not lying, and there's a lot of evidence there. So finally, someone is commanded, Mark 16, 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. You have to be moved to believe enough, convicted enough to obey. Obey to the point that you're going to join yourself to that big a caravan going someplace they didn't know where. And if you can imagine that, but they were willing to do it. They were giving up their homes and leaving. And so, again, the question becomes, are you willing to do the same at the sound of God? Are you willing to give up your home here on this earth? And when I'm talking about home, I'm talking about the lifestyle that you know. You may be comfortable going to bars and drinking and, and carousing. You, you may be comfortable uh, uh, doing drugs and things of that nature. Uh, you may be comfortable with the, the fornicating and the adultery and all these things, all these various sins that man can take part in. You may be comfortable with that, but under Christ, he's calling you to leave that. And so before a man's going to leave a life that he has grown cuff, you know, comfortable with, he's going to have to learn, for instance, that he's under bondage to this and it's going to end in death. And then secondly, he has to find out about the power of God that there, there's a better way. And when he does finally do that, he, he may do something as foolish as sounding as joining himself to that big a caravan going to a land that they know nothing about. Now, finally, and this is a big one, Israel got baptized. They heard the word of God. They saw his power. They believed, and then they were baptized. Now, remember, we're talking type and anti-type. The type being that the Israelites crossed the sea on dry ground. And the question we are asking ourselves is, are we willing to escape bondage by crossing the sea as they did? Well, in 1 Corinthians 10, chapter 1 through 4, you know, and we're going to get into the type now. He says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under a cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Okay, think about this. 
they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. In other words, they were immersed. They went through the baptism ceremony. They went through the sea and they came out the other side. Now, what's what's the shadow and what's what's reality? What's the type? What's the anti-type? Well, a Christian is in bondage to sin. An Israelite was in bondage to slavery. A Christian hears the word of God just the same way that the Israelites did. A Christian learns about the power of God the same way the Israelites did. The Christian's heart is convicted. He believes the same way the Israelites believed. And now they're going to be baptized. And that's exactly what the Israelites did. They were baptized, and they came up on the other side of the sea saved from Egyptian bondage. And as in the same manner, when a Christian is convicted in such, such a t- way that they enter the watery the, the, uh, the waters of baptism and they are immersed for the uh, forgiveness of sins, for the remission of sins in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost, when they come up out of that watery grave, they're now free. They are free from the bondage of sin. Now you may say, well, that's just foolish talking. Okay, now the Lord the Lord took care of that too. Go study about Naaman. Naaman thought it was foolishness for him in the Old Testament being a shadow. This is the Lord's answer to those who think that. Uh, Naaman thought it was foolish for him to get back, uh, dip seven times in the Jordan River. But he was convinced to go do it. And when he did, his leprosy was cleansed. He obeyed God and God fulfilled and cleansed his leprosy. That story is to show you that when the Lord tells you to do something that you think is foolish, if the Lord says do it, you do it. We walk by faith and not by sight. The Lord, he commands baptism. Now, you may think to yourself, well, I, you know, I've seen people baptized. The water looks just as clean as it was uh, before they went in as after they came out. Yeah, you're not going to see any sins floating in the water. The reason we know that the sins were washed away was because the Bible says so. That's how we know it. And it's it's they came up out of that watery grave with a clear conscience toward God. That's what we know. And that's the type anti-type. In the same way we learned about baptism through Noah and the ark, you know, you got to be in the ark <laughs> in order to uh, be saved. You got to be in Christ in order to be saved. In Acts chapter 4, Verse 11 through 12, uh, notice what it says. It says, there is, uh, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by, by which we must be saved. In, in no one else. Well, who's he talking about? Jesus Christ. You want to be saved? You got to be in Christ. That's what it says. In no one else. In Christ. You got to be in Christ. That's your ark right there. Uh, for those of you going back to First Peter chapter three, uh, you got to be in the ark to be saved, Noah's family, and and of course for Christians you got to be in Christ in order to be saved, and so that's the same th- lesson that we're learning with crossing the sea. You got to be baptized. Romans chapter three verse twenty three and twenty four, Paul says, "All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption." That is in Christ Jesus. Again, redemption 
is in Christ Jesus. Salvation comes inside Christ. That's where salvation's at. Nowhere else. What did Jesus always say? You want to come to the Father, you got to come by me. Because you're going to have to be in Christ in order to do that. How are you going to get in Christ? Romans 6, verse 3 and 5 says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, by the power of God, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like, like his, by the power of God. That's right. Baptized into Christ. Galatians 3.27 teaches the same thing. We have to be baptized into Christ. And so the question becomes, would you have crossed the sea if you'd been an Israelite back in the days of Moses? Well, if you had crossed the sea, then you'd also be baptized because those people would have been at church this morning. Those people would be baptized believers if they lived today. Why is that? Because they heard a word of God. They saw his power. They believed, they were moved to obey, and they were baptized. And so the question becomes, are you going to be baptized? You've heard about the type. The anti-type is for you. Are you going to be baptized into Christ? You cannot be saved through any other name. you got to be in Christ in order to be saved. I would like to think that all of us would cross that sea, but I know that's not true. But I also know that Christians today who get baptized would also have crossed the sea at at the command of God. They would have crossed the sea because they're also obeying today. That's the answer to the lesson, and that's what we're going to have to take home with us. It's important that uh, we learn from this lesson and that we teach this lesson so that other people can possibly be convicted of the truth and learn as the Lord intended for them to learn. Okay, that's your lesson. Hope it's been beneficial to you. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, you know what? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, come visit us. We meet at 9:30 Sunday morning in Kearney, Missouri, and 10:30 uh, uh, for or that's for Bible study. 10:30 for worship, and we meet at 406 North Clark. You can learn all about the church, all the particulars you need, including my phone number if you need reference to it, by going to CarneyChurch.com. Now, if you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, you can tune to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at uh, 7 a.m. Central Time, and you'll hear me preaching from uh, preaching God's Word on the, on the radio. Now, if you cannot pick that up, you can download the app, or you can whatever you use to stream it with, they stream the signal. So you can stream 102.7 FM. Uh, I'd download the app, and that way it's just handy. You just open that app, and there I am on Sunday mornings at 7 a.m. Also, you can uh, download us on Spotify. Gospel Preaching Live is on Spotify and Google Podcasts, so you can download these lessons and listen to your heart's content as you walk or drive or whatever you do. Now, I do want to plug another show. Berean Spirits is an Internet Bible study that I'm part of with two other preachers, and I'd like for you to uh, uh, check it out if you haven't had a chance to. It airs Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time, 
And uh, you can join us by going to carneychurch.com and press on the Facebook, the YouTube, or the Berean Spirits link, uh, and it will take you right there. Or um, you can watch past episodes if you can't watch live. It's Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. Uh, and that's also on Spotify. We put that on podcast form as well. But past episodes are up on Facebook and YouTube. Okay, that's all I got for you today. Hopefully, Lord willing, I will come to you again this uh, Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.